Okay, we're in Matthew 24, verse 30 tonight. Matthew 24, verse 30. And we're going to be reading through to the end of Matthew tonight. Um, on, uh, I, see, I see Melanie's on, I see Dad's on, Mom's on, Aaron's on, and I've got Jacob and Raiden here um, sitting on the couch. So we got a, we got a full house tonight. We have um, we currently have 25 listens and 15 from outside our family network. So fabulous. That's awesome. That's that's pretty awesome. It in, really in, is. In 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 seven days. I'm really happy about that. That's just awesome. I don't even know how it's creeping out there, but I'll take it. It's the Lord. Yes. Amen. So. Um, right. I think we left off on verse 28 last night. Um, we, could we start on verse 29 instead of 30? We could, Aaron. We, we could start on verse 29. As a matter of fact, I believe you're right. We're going we're gonna to give you that one. Good yes. Going. yes. Absolutely right. When yes. you stop by for Thanksgiving on, uh, for the breakfast burritos on Thanksgiving, I'll have a gold star for you, son. <laughs> My cheap dad though it's all worth it <laughs> we will son don't you worry about that okay uh, let's say a prayer and we'll get rolling father thank you so much for this time together as a family that we are joined together across thousands of miles that we're joined together here to read your word together, to exhort one another, to grow together. And Father, I ask that you'd open up our eyes, that you'd open up our ears, that we would take in your word into our hearts and that we would understand. Please give us revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ as we kneel before him and receive. Feed your sheep, Lord. Feed your sheep. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened. Well, he's talking about the tribulation of those days when you got to run to the hills. Stay on the rooftop. If you're out in the field, don't turn back for your jacket that you left. Right? He's talking about immediately after that tribulation of those days. The sun shall be darkened. And the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven. And the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in the heavens. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and glory. What's the sign of the Son of the Man? A uh, uh, sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Does anybody know what the sign of the Son of, Je of God was? Son of Man? Jesus' sign in heaven? Uh, fish? 
No, that's the sign of the bumper sticker, son. Okay. <laughs> that's not true. He threw that in the ground, whatever. You know, there was there was more to it, okay? Oh, only in the movie, son. Only in the movie. No, was, when, anyway, whatever. Okay. That was, okay, so the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, I assume, I would assume would be the same sign that was there when the Son of Man was born. The star? The, Beth, the Bethlehem star. Oh, cool. And, and, and that sign, that sign that's talked about in Revelations with the dragon going after the lady, that sign is actually a constellation that was, it's proven today, was in heavens, was in the heavens, okay, was in the heavens at the time when Jesus was born, and that that star, that star is a special, a special constellation, it circles around another star, it's actually a comet. It's a flaming comet. It circles around another star, and it can only be seen above, Bethle Beth above Bethlehem. That, con that constellation and comet accommodation just repeated itself in 2016. For the first time since Jesus was born. It repeated itself. I'm going to say that again. That sign in that constellation repeated itself for the first time since Jesus was born over Bethlehem in 2016. That's a, that's a great piece of information to know if you are trying to figure out where are we at in all these events and have we reached this point or is there yet another round of that constellation coming? Which would be another 2,000 years? No. As a matter of fact, they, they expect it to happen a lot sooner. Um, I, I don't want to speak out of turn and say a fib. We're, we're, we're being recorded here. But somebody can, can look it up. I'm sure you can Google, Google the, the astrological significance of the Bethlehem star, which coincides with the, uh, the astrology astrology mentioned in revelations with the dragon that was after the the woman with the child yeah all right in in revelation it talked about that dragon with the stars following his tail is that the, yeah that's the place right yeah it's the dragon that's after that after the the, the pregnant woman that runs yes yes so so that is actually a constellation that that occurred during the time when Jesus was born. Yes, and yeah, I remember. I remember several preachers preached on it in in 2016. Yep, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then and then verse 31 says, "And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet." And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heaven to another. The elect, that's us. That's you. That's you. He's going to yes. send the angels out. He's going to gather them all in at that time. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. Okay, when he, when he gathers everybody in, then he, then he immediately says, now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender, and he puts forth leaves, 
you know that summer is coming. So, so in spring, obviously, in spring, the 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 fruit trees, including the fig trees, will put out tender limbs. And not only will they put out tender limbs, but they'll put out the tender leaves. And when you see those tender limbs and those tender leaves, you know that summertime is coming. Right? Agree. So likewise, you, when you see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. So when you see all these signs, know that it's at the door the same as you would know that summer's at the door if you saw a fig tree with tender leaves. Here's a, another interesting piece of tidbit, uh, an interesting tidbit of, of information. How long do you think olive trees live? Don't they have something like 500 years old or something? There, there is a, a, uh, a group of, of olive trees in, in Jerusalem near Gethesme, Gethes however you want to pronounce it, um, that, are 2000, that are over 2,000 years old, that they were, they were young olive trees when Jesus Whoa. walked there and prayed there. Wow. It's it's uh it's incredible and they and they believe that they're among the oldest olive trees in the world. And there was an article last year that, that there was people there in, in, in Israel that were alarmed because those trees were starting to die. They were starting to die out. Oh my goodness. So I think it's interesting because Jesus said there are those when he was talking about the olive tree and he's standing there on the Mount of Olives and he says, there are those here that will still be alive in the time when I return. Oh, I was thought he and, was talking about people. And I believe he was talking about the olive trees. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, well, it's certainly logical. So... It's it's just a piece that that it's just a piece that I've put together by questioning because I seek, I you know I read that and and Jesus is saying there's people there's there's there are those here who who will not see death until I return again, and and so you have two choices either number one, there's the Highlander, is there, exactly and, yeah, so there's the Highlander there there's people who will not see death they don't die they're gonna live. Or he's talking about the olive trees. Yeah. So likewise, ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. There it is. There's the very verse we're talking about. So see, Jesus is talking about learn a parable of the big fig tree. When his branch is tender, he puts forth leaves. Know that summer is nice. So likewise, you know that it's near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation, and he might be talking about the fig trees, this generation of fig trees, these right here, shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour, 
no man knows. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of, of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. So in that day, they wouldn't heed warnings. In that time, they were so interested in their own lives that they wouldn't pay attention to somebody warning them, talking to them about God. There was no repentance in those days. There was a whole world of people that refused to repent. They had no repentance in their heart. We're getting close to that, folks. I think we are. We're getting really, really, really <laughs> dadgum close to that. When, when the leader of, of our congressional house, or our House of Congress, is, is almost daily straight-faced lying to the public, even though he knows that we all know he's a liar. Yeah. We've reached a day where demons are just about to peel the skin off and just come on out. They might as well just come on out and let us see the real deal. Just take the human suit off and let's just get to this. You know? Can anyone hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. But I didn't that... know. <laughs> but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then, after that day, there will be two in the field. Yeah. One will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, and one will be taken, and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched, and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Now, what does that mean? It means that if you know that a thief is coming to your house tonight, you're not going to go to sleep. If you know for sure that the thief is coming into your house, you ain't going to go to sleep. You're going to set a trap for him. You're going to get a bunch of tacks, lay them out on the floor, get a broomstick, hide in the corner. You're going to be waiting for him. If you know for sure he's coming, you'll be waiting for him. And Jesus says that's exactly when he's coming. He's going to be coming when we least expect it. When everybody gets comfortable, when everybody lets down their guard and says, oh, man, this ain't the time that the Lord is coming. They've been saying this for 2,000 years and it ain't happened yet. That's right. Yep, I've heard it. Yep. That's why I listen to one thing Jesus said. No one knows but the Father. No man knows the, uh, the day or the hour but the Father. And that's correct. So, so we can almost be, well, we can definitely be assured that if some man comes out and says, 
this is the day and the hour. We know for sure we can eliminate that day and hour. (laughs) For sure it's not going to happen then. Because if it did happen then, then God's word wouldn't be true. Exactly. And that's never going to happen. Never, 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 never. Verse 44. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man will come. Who then is the faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find him so doing. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him a ruler over all his goods. But, and if the evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming, and he shall begin to smite his fellows. He takes the bullying his fellow servants, and he eats and he drinks with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him, and in an hour when he's not aware, and he'll cut him asunder. That means he'll cut him in two, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus is very clear about the hypocrites, what's going to happen to them. They have a portion. Those who are hypocrites, those who talk down to the others, those who put weights upon those who are seeking God, those who made it more difficult for people to find God, those who pointed out the flaws in others and never could see the flaws in themselves. Those are the hypocrites. Yes. And Jesus is not about bringing mercy for the hypocrites. No. He makes that abundantly clear in his word. In fact, it's so clear that we should all search ourselves daily for a sign of hypocrisy because I guarantee you it's there. Yes. In something. I I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've found the hypocrisy in myself and only because I pray for it I ask the Lord to give me eyes to see the hypocrisy in myself to see myself as he sees me and and if we can see the hypocrisy in ourselves it is so much easier not to judge others it's so yes. much easier to walk around broken and have a repentant heart it it is so much easier to focus on being doing good and being righteous and being diligently guarding your heart all the time when you can focus on your own hypocrisy that the flaws that we find in others the flaws that we find distasteful in other others on many levels oftentimes are our own flaws The reason why we find them so distasteful is because that person's flaws in the natural are oftentimes our flaws in the spiritual. In other words, the way that the thing that we don't like about them, the way they operate in the natural is the same way we operate in the spiritual. Yes. And our spirit will be offended at them. And if we're asking God to to correct us, 
begging him to correct us constantly and being willing to change, then he will bring those thoughts to your mind, that the memories, the, 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 where the places where you're, you haven't, your thoughts aren't in alignment with his. Yes. That's correct. And that if you ask the Lord to give you a heart that's quick to repent, like David, mm -hmm. David was not sinless. David made a ton of mistakes. But the part that made David God's beloved was because David had a repentant heart. Every time it was brought to his attention, when he saw his wrong, he immediately was on his knees begging for forgiveness. And he was doing it sincerely. He wasn't just going through the motions. He was sincere. And, and you will also see that David, when he repented, he didn't just do a little two-minute repentance. David repented in ashes, in sackcloth. He cried out. He might spend days before the Lord. Mm -hmm. He repented with a whole heart. We're not taught that. We're taught just to ask and move on and it's over and done with. And when we just say the words, when we just say the magic words, there's no repentance. If we look at the very definition of repentance, we know that just saying the magic words does nothing for us. Repentance is a brokenness. Repentance yes. is a desire to change. Repentance yes. is, is a place in your heart where you cry out to the Lord and you say, I don't want to do this anymore, not because of me, but because of you, Lord, because of your holiness, because I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to hurt you. I can't stand the thought of you seeing me sin like this. Help me. Yes. Repentance is key to everything. Jesus, before he, he told anybody to believe in him, he said, repent, repent. John the Baptist came before Jesus crying out, repent. Because the, because the Messiah is coming, the Son of God's coming, right? He's coming, repent. Repentance comes before acceptance of Christ. And the problem is for us, the, one, of the, one of the problems is for us that for the last 25 years, the churches haven't been preaching repentance. They've been, they've been preaching accepting Christ. Right. Accepting Christ fills, fills the attendance and the tithe boxes. Repentance runs people away. They don't want to preach repentance because that diminishes the number of people. You can't grow a megachurch on repentance. Yeah. Only God can do that. Mm -hmm. Only God can grow a megachurch on repentance. But a man and, and, and business people and a board of directors, on a, they can't grow a church on repentance. They got to grow a church on feel good. Yeah. Yeah. God loves everybody. He's forgiven you already. And all you got to do is tell him you want to be saved. And you don't have to change anything about yourself. That's right. Dad, you want to pray us out? Yeah.
Father, we come tonight that the day is coming. Knowing, Lord, that you are the word. Jesus is our word. He is the Rama, Lord, that we need to listen to because you do speak to us individually, Father. And we ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts, direct our paths, that Lord will always be clear. And Psalm 1, 1 through 3, Father, is real clear. And the fact that blessed is the man who does not walk in the way of the ungodly, he doesn't stand with the scoffers, and he isn't seated. He doesn't sit with the scoffers. Lord, but he is like a tree planted by the rivers of water that his leaves do not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Lord, if we would look at that psalm and consider, Lord, every day. Lord, the next verses that I want to say strongly, Lord, is that we present our body to you as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto you, Lord, which is our reasonable service. And not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the return of our mind, Lord, to what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. To take Lord, sharpen each other as we will do on this program, Father. Time that we will truly, Lord, be uh, men and women of the Word of God. We're so grateful, Father, the opportunity to grow this, this work. Lord, you and you alone will receive the glory. We will give you praise. I asked you a Smith Wigglesworth this morning. Uh, can you get that to Aaron? I already did, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I got a list of uh, books that I can listen to now. I got a bunch of them. i tell you what, that message uh, this morning pretty powerful. You know, he did not read a word, couldn't couldn't read, period. And his wife taught him to read. That's the only book he ever read. That's right, the Bible. He didn't read anything else but the Bible. Said it was a waste of his time. Yeah, that's right. I did not know that. Mighty man was, of God. And, and, and uh, he would go into places and where people were dead and standing them up against the wall and said, live. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> made... That's true. That's absolutely yep. true. And he did it in front of a lot of witnesses. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no denying it. And he did now, it on multiple occasions. Right. So we ought to get excited. God hadn't changed. We have. Right. 
we when we get ourselves right with God and walk him and walking alone with him, things are gonna work out right. Oh, I'm I'm definitely learning that. Uh I'm I'm <laughs> I've learned that more in the last week than uh than I have pretty much my whole life. <laughs> That's all right. There has to be a starting place. Therefore, you learned it younger than some of the rest of us were. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I keep thank you. Amen. I keep telling him. I keep telling him, don't beat yourself up. You're way ahead of where I was. Amen. Yep. Me too. Well, to be fair, I don't have as much time. <laughs> no. I have to say, I have to say something to, to that. Be fair, I'm... To be fair, your daddy is teaching you God's word and my daddy didn't. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's, that's really awesome. Time is really relative, Aaron. And, you know, um, I learned a lot right after I got saved in the first two months. God was literally, it was like he was downloading stuff into my brain 24 hours a day. Amen. Right. That's true. Amen. So you ask him and you're going to wake up with a whole head of knowledge that you had no idea that you even came in contact with. And that's just the way that it is. Right. That's right. You have the best teacher in the world right within your own heart. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's right. Amen. God gave us the teacher. That's right. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. He also said that I go away. In other words, he was, he was in bodily form. He couldn't do that for everyone until the Holy Spirit came. Jesus what? Theater and, and the Holy Spirit is our teacher. When Jesus walked the earth, what he taught, they had to take in through their ears, they had to take into their mind, and then right. they had to let it settle in their hearts. But right. when Jesus left, we got Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit can give us, like Mel said, a direct download to your heart. Right. It's more huh. profitable to us that Holy Spirit is here with us. Um, I have a, I have a question, please. It's what we discussed last night about, you know, the rapture and the tribulation. And it's always made sense what you said that there will be people here teaching the lost after, you know, the rapture. How, I mean... And you said that you didn't think that God was going to do that against someone's will. He kind of does things against people's will, though, all the time. No. Like, doesn't. no? No. Like Jonah. Jonah didn't want to go to Nubia. He hated those people. I, I and think God um, didn't make him go. I think God calls us to do things. God, Even if we don't God like them, he, he, he calls us to do them. God didn't make Jonah go. Hey, I, can get down, I can get down with that. I can get down with that. Yeah, he gave us um, he gave us free will. So, like, I guess, like, yeah. God doesn't, in a sense, make us do it. But it's in our hearts that we feel obligated to do what God is calling us to do if God is in our hearts. Jonah, Jonah could have stayed asleep can't, on the we boat. We just can't. 
Jonah could have stayed asleep on the boat. He didn't have to. He didn't have to jump in the water. No. He could have stayed on the boat and That's died with true. all the rest of them. He had free will. That's true. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's okay. I had the same question, but I just somehow had the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's not. That's not my whole question. My other, my, the other part to that is, how are we know who's gonna stay and who's gonna go? We don't need to know. I can tell you from my standpoint, for my personal benefit, the reason why the, the part that I know, I'm going to stay. Because my heart is to be the last out. My heart is to stay till the end. My heart is to serve my Lord the worst of times in the times when they're killing us left and right. I, I, want, I want to serve my Lord on that level. That's my heart. Yeah. I just feel I feel like I feel like we should all have the heart people. Who wants them to go through that not knowing the Lord? No, no, no. That that's see, here's the thing that we have to remember that not everybody has the same measure of faith. Faith is given to each of us in accordance with our abilities. Some people, when they come into church on Sunday, you see them back there trembling, shaking. Maybe they're in the back pew. Maybe they're, maybe they're a little distracted. And we look at them and we might judge them. But, but here's the thing. It may have, here's the thing we don't think of. It may have taken all of their faith, every single scrap and gram of their faith, just to come in those doors that day. God has expectations of us that are in direct proportion to the amount of faith that he's given us. If he's given yeah. us a supernatural faith, then he has a greater expectation of us. Much to whom much is given, much is expected. That's right. So, That's why when when somebody teaches, they're much, much more responsible to God than the, than the listeners. Amen. To whom much is given, much is expected. So, so, so if you pray for all the spiritual gifts and you're all loaded up and you've asked for supernatural faith and God has given you supernatural faith, you better be ready to walk into the fire. You better be ready to lay down with the lions. That's exactly, yes. that goes back to what I talked about uh, last night or the night before. I said one of the lessons that I've taught my children is pray big, pay big. Pray big, pay big. You want yeah. more? You want to be you you want to be greedy? You want to ask for more? The Lord the Lord's going to give it to you. He's going to give it to you. He's faithful to give it to you if you want it. Right. But there well, but there is responsibility that comes with that yes. There is expectation exactly. that comes with it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's where he's he's that's where he's moving me. Uh, for instance, the talents, the five, two, and one. Uh, he gave them according to their ability. That's right, because he knew that they were able. He knew that each of them was able to double what he was giving them. Right. <laughs> 
That's what that parable is about? Yes. Yep. Isn't there another one where the master gives three servants different amounts of coins? That's the talents, son. That's the one. That's okay. the one. Yeah. That's, but that's yeah. also the talents that he's given you. If he's given you talents to write lyrics, he expects you to multiply the kingdom with those talents. If, yes. if, if he's given you a talent to preach, he, he expects you to multiply the kingdom with that preaching. If he's given you a talent to earn money, he expects you to multiply the kingdom by your tithing, by your giving back to the that's kingdom, right. by your seed that you sow. He expects you to take the talents that he gives you and multiply the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had a I had an awakening this morning after uh, since 1968 uh, was the, about somewhere close to 71 when it took place. 68 is when it started. 1968, I built a store after many years. That was. I went into business with my mom and dad in 53 and bought them out in 63. And then in 68, I built a new store. Well, HEB sat on my parking lot and watched how much business I did. And one day they walked in the store and let me know where to come in. And basically, you will do what we tell you to do. Well, I corrected them on that right quick. I said, you ain't telling me what to do. Run your business, I'll run mine. And uh, anyway, uh, they, they opened up, and my business dropped about close to half what I was doing. And with all these new bills and stuff, I couldn't pay my bills. And I opened up on Sundays, and and not only did my business come back, but in '75, uh, I almost tripled the size of the store, and I repented of that this morning for opening up on Sundays instead of depending on the Lord. That's right. Amen. So all those years have gone by. You see how faithful the Lord is, Dad? He ain't going yes. to let us move on until we figure it out and repent first. Which I believe right. that's exactly what the Lord did for Job. He did Job a favor. Job would yep. never have been able to make his way into heaven the way he was yep. had he not gone through what he did. Well, and, and then I had to go through bankruptcy, which is a part of color. Oh, yeah. I've never looked back. I've never been mad at God about anything that's happened in my life. Amen. Because I know he's, he's the faithful one. Amen. Indeed he is. Yeah. Well, this has been a good, good night. It has been. Yes, sir. Thank you Papa. for that. Papa, I'm listening. You know, whenever I pray for um, 
husbands for my girls, all three of them. Um, I have you in mind. Well, he can't do that. He already has a wife. <laughs> yeah, and she, you know, she'd probably cut somebody too. She's spicy. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Got I got it. your back, got Mom. Did you hear that, Gwen? He's got your back. Because you know, I got Saturday night, if I was, if I was jealous of her, because she's always loving on my husband. That's right. I'm like, I'm like, any pizza? We're good. We're just fine. I'm worried about that. Right. It's a, it's a, I know. I know who that man belongs to. I love I love you guys. I gotta go. It's uh, the four a.m. comes early. Uh, yeah. I love oh, you yeah. all. God bless you. Love you guys. Uh, love you. Have a great I night. Bye bye. Hi, Dad. How you doing? Weston Highly favored. There you go. Me too. Amen. You're the first one in tonight. Yeah, how do you like that? Right on. <laughs> you start thing. Yeah, I have a I have a thing that goes off that we're gonna have it and then about that time you send it, so awesome. Yeah. Dad, what do you know about the Urim and the Thuman? I have wondered about it. And never have looked it up. Yeah? Yeah. Can you believe Okay. That? So so it's something it's something that the, the, the priests wore on their breastplate. Yeah, and they the they asked it questions too, didn't they? They asked it questions. And the, the literal translation of the Urim and the Thuaman is lights and perfection. Yeah. Say it again. The literal translation is lights and perfection. Oh. I've heard that it's something akin to dice. Nah, maybe. I think it's more akin to the way that we can ask Holy Spirit to clue us in on things. I, I... It was a real physical thing that they threw. They cast, cast them. They threw them and read them. Really, I, I, I came up. I, I didn't think that they threw them and read them like bones. I, I think it was something on their breastplate that had a physical response to questions. That it, it literally made lights. That it would light up if the answer was yes or no. I think it was two pieces. One was no, one was yes, and that it would light, it would illuminate to give them the answer, yes and no. Lights and perfection. Yeah. 
Was it on their breastplate? It was on their breastplate. But see, here's the other thing. All those priests had 12 stones on their breastplate, one to represent each of the tribes. Right. That was 12. Yes. Hey, guys. And, and so, hey, Aaron. And, and so, so whatever this Urim and this Thuman is, it was in addition to the 12 uh, indicators of the tribes. Right. And my mom might be right that it was something removable from the breastplate that they that they could cast. But but I know that the 12 tribe stones when I was in uh, southern South Miami, there's a big Jewish community there and they have a they have a museum of uh, ancient Hebrew. Oh, really? And I went into the temple and in the temple they had actual breastplates. Ah. And and none of the stones that represented the twelve tribes were removable. They were set in the breastplate. Uh, that that is correct, from from my reading. So I I, I feel like I missed. For some reason, I you know well you know I've been um, I think I told you guys already I'm in Nehemiah with my personal Bible study so. Um, that's, that's where I, I got the, you know, the Urim and the Thuman is, is, uh, when they, when they cast out, they cast out the groups that didn't show genealogy as priests. Right. And, and they said, well, you can't act as a priest anymore until there comes a priest who's able to operate with the human and the, with the Urim and the Thuman. Yeah. And and so obviously it was something that not every priest could do. It was uh, there was there was there had to there was something special about a priest that could operate with the Urim and the Thummim. I and thought it, it was the high priest. Well, and 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 I'm going to go because they had a high priest. They yeah. had over forty six thousand there, and they had a high priest, but. Here's what I think it is, is that you notice that in Jeremiah and in Isaiah, God asks his, his prophet, he says, should I allow them to inquire of me when he's talking about the priests? Uh -huh. He says, should I allow them? Should th you tell me, should they be allowed to inquire of me? Mm. When he was pointing out their, their flaws, their sin, their, their uh, wrong hearts, their wicked ways. Right. He says, you tell me, should they be allowed to inquire of me? And so I, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, you know what? Can I have a... So in order to operate in the Urim and the Thummim, you had to have your heart right with God. It had to be something that God said, you know what? I'm going to allow him to inquire of me. Right. I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but could someone in, um, enlighten me on what the Urim and the whatever um, whatever is Aaron uh, your phone just broke up like 25 times fantastic um, <laughs> could someone just please enlighten me on what it is that you guys are speaking about the Urim and the Thummim it's called lights and perfection it's something it's something that the priests would operate in to ask questions of God. They would ask God a question and God would give them an answer via the, the Urim and the Thummim. Okay. And, and the literal translation for Urim and Thummim is lights and perfection. 
but it's not the same thing as like when I'm talking to God and he's answering me straight up and I ask more questions and he's answering me straight up, right? Well, you have Holy Spirit. Ah, so I don't need it. You're under the new covenant with your with with Holy Spirit. I see. They were not under the new covenant. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, cuz that's all Old Testament's what you guys were talking about. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, I I dropped in on that and I was like, I'm so confused. Yeah, we we even though every one of us would love to have the Urim and the Thummim because it's awesome to inquire of God, um, but but I have a feeling, I have a feeling that we have all that same communication available to us through the Holy Spirit, if under the same circumstances, if our heart is right with God, because Holy Spirit also is not going to be inquired of when He's been grieved. Yeah. Gotcha. So um, tonight we're in Matthew 25. Okay. Is that right, Aaron? Let me open up my Bible to Matthew 25. Hey, I was, I I forgot. Okay. It's right next to me though. It's right next to me. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Don't, don't do this to me, dad. You didn't let him read yesterday, Scott. He wasn't prepared. He didn't have a chance to pre-read it. (laughs) That's right. Where's the Bible that I got for you, Aaron? That's the only one I have. That's the only one I use. That's that's the one you need. Oh, that's not true. I actually have three. We're just on one phone tonight. And and the call is, is nice and clear. Yeah. It is it is super nice and clear. And yeah, I uh, it was twenty four. I'm sorry. Yeah, we finished twenty four last night. That's right. Because uh, it's on the podcast. I posted it as the third final portion. Yeah. Okay, so we are in chapter 25 tonight, and uh, let me pick a victim. Jacob has not read in front of Grandma yet, so Jake's going to read for us tonight. All right. All right, so let's say our prayers first. I totally approve. Well, it's, we're happy to have that approval, so. Lord. <laughs> uh, Father. Thank you for this time together as a family to read your word. Thank you for bringing us all together and giving us this opportunity to study your word. Uh, Please watch over us as we read your word tonight. Please open our eyes, open our ears. Holy Spirit, lead us, teach us. You are the lights and perfection. You are the teacher. Please enlighten us. Come and teach us teacher of teachers let us honor you with our hearts with our eyes and our ears in jesus name we pray amen 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 okay Okay. 
pull up right there and get get after it. Okay. Twenty five. Twenty five. Okay. At that time, God's kingdom will be like. Foolish and five were wise. The foolish girls took their lamps with them, but they didn't take extra oil for the lamps. The wise girls took their lamps and more oil in jars. When the bridegroom was very late, the girls could not keep their eyes open, and they all fell asleep. At midnight, someone announced, The bridegroom is coming. Come and meet him. And all the girls woke up. They made their lamps ready, but the foolish girls said to the wise girls, Give us some of your oil. The oil in our lamps is all gone. The wise girls answered, No, the oil we have might not be enough for all of us, but go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. So the foolish girls went to buy oil. While they were gone, the bridegroom came. The girls who were ready went in with the bridegroom to the wedding feast. Then the door was closed and locked. Later, the other girls came. They said, Sir, sir, open the door to let us in. But the bridegroom answered, Certainly not. I don't even know you. So always be ready. You know the day. You don't know the day or the time when the Son of Man will come. At that time, God's kingdom will also be like a man leaving home to travel to another place for a visit. Stop right there. Oil. The ones that had um, extra oil for their lamps, they had prepared. And the ones who only showed up with enough to get them into the wee early hours, and they ran out. They ran out of oil. So we do do we all know all of us in our family here on the phone, do we all know what the oil represents? What generally every everywhere else that the, that the oil is talked about, what does the oil represent? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, amen. <clears throat> the oil represents Holy Spirit. And, the, and, and and Jesus tells us that if a man wants more, if a man wants of the holy spirit let him do what let him ask the lord that's right right so so if you want more of the holy spirit if you want more of the holy spirit you have to you have to be faithful to ask for more of the holy spirit yes you have to faithfully seek more of the holy spirit you have to you have to be full of the holy spirit and the the, the new testament also teaches us how do we charge up our batteries? How do we, how do we uh, charge ourselves up, um, in, in preparation for whatever it is that the Lord might call us to do? We charge up by praying in the Spirit, by prayer, spending time with the Lord, and spending time in prayer. That's how we charge our batteries. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and so so those those brides and we all make no mistake don't don't start thinking male and female we all are the bride of christ and we're all waiting for the bridegroom to appear exactly and when the bridegroom appears and we say wait a second he's he's showing up but we're out of we're out of oil we have no more holy spirit in us and, and we say, wait, let us go away and we'll pray and we'll fast and, and we'll get right with you and we'll repent 
and we're going to get charged up with the Holy Spirit and we come back all charged up with the Holy Spirit and we say, Lord, Lord, let us in. No, you missed the boat. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think that that also will lend itself, this, this parable lends itself to what we were talking about last night about the end of days. Those in the in the, the the rapture that are gathered up and brought in to the bridegroom. They're gathered up and brought into the bridegroom. These are the ones who had their lamps full. Yeah. The angels went out all over the four corners of the earth. They're looking, they were looking for his elect. And and I believe that in a, in the spiritual sense, how did they find his elect? Because they're glowing, because there's a lamp. Because they could see the lights. Yep. They came and they found them. They gathered them up. And the ones that, that had, a, had, a, had a bushel basket over their, over their lamp, over their light, the ones that hid the lamp under the bed, the ones that, that were barely, had barely enough lit to, to barely glow inside their bathroom, then the angels didn't see them and they got passed over. Huh. How does how does that how does that correlate with the foolish girls asking the wise girls to share their oil? Because because there's going to be a whole bunch of weakly lit Christians that want to get in with the bridegroom based on the Christians who are brightly lit. They want to borrow their glow, their commitment to Christ, their commitment to prayer. You know, they're going to cling on them and try to get in. You're trying, you're trying to get in through somebody else. Exactly. Mm. Because your grandparents were members of such and such a church and that like automatically makes the door open for you. I, I, I think that there are people right now that think that, but I think at the time when Christ is actually um, there gathering and the angels are flying about, people are going to suddenly realize in this presence, I think they'll realize that they're devoid of the oil, yeah. that, they're, that they're short. I think that, the, that, that in the presence of Christ, that, that, that those that are short of the oil will know that they're short of the oil. And they'll try to cling. They'll all, even right now, even right now, they know in a church, you, you go into any church, and I guarantee you that every person in that church, the wicked and the good alike, they all know who are the ones that are full of oil. Yeah, I believe they do. They all know who are the ones that are full of oil. They all know who has oil to spare. Every one of them knows it. They won't admit it now, but I guarantee you when that's the criteria of getting them onto that chariot with Jesus, they're going to be running to them. Yeah. yeah. Why I feel like I lack and everybody in the church just flocks to me. That's right. Well, that's that's the ones that have extra oil. And why why do we feel like and 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 I also am always feeling like I lack um, and I believe that's the reason why 
um, the faithful will have extra oil because they always feel like they lack. It's not enough. I, I, I would never sit outside the gates with what I have thinking I have enough. I'll just sit here and wait because I feel like I lack. Okay. I need more. Yeah. And that's the truth. I need more always. It's the ones, the ones who are going to run out, the ones who are going to be sitting there found wanting will be the ones that were content with what they had. That, that they decided what they had would be enough. That part has always been a fear in me. Amen. Yes. Amen. And the, and the, and the ones that brought extra oil obviously realized that wasn't enough. Yeah. What they had might not be enough. That's right. So, so they um, share because they, they couldn't afford to share. Right. Well, if I give you what I have, then I'm, then I might run out. I, I, you know, and, 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 uh, in some circumstances, we say, we say just like Peter, gold and silver, I have none, but of what I have, I freely give. give to you freely. Yes. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is, to me, one of the needs verses. So it's not wrong to feel unworthy? No, uh, none of, none no. of us are worthy, son. Well, but that's not true because... Jesus died on the cross to enable us to be worthy, like through actions and whatnot, of course, but aren't we supposed to be worthy? We are worthy, but not in and of ourselves. In and of ourselves, there is no righteousness. righteousness. Exactly. No, not one. I don't think that's what he's saying. I I get it. I'm just making sure that he, I'm just making sure that he doesn't carte blanche the answer. Because the card of launching the answer is the dangerous part. He's right. right. He's ab- Aaron, you're absolutely right that our righteousness is in Christ. But, but to say that we're worthy in and of ourselves or, 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 or that, see, we're worthy because he is worthy. But Jesus said that of God. No, yes. no All right. worthy except God. Yeah. So we're worthy by the grace of God, but it's okay to feel unworthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but that doesn't play into any part of us not trusting in God or anything like that. Right. It's, it's not, it doesn't play any part in us like, Oh, well, I just don't believe that. As long as you understand that in Christ, that's why you put your trust in Christ, not in yourself. We can't come before God with our own righteousness we can't come before God with our own worthiness, but we can come before God anytime, all the time, washed white as snow in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. And that's why we, that's the whole point behind why we put our trust in Jesus Christ, not in our own righteousness or worthiness. Are, are, are you, are you, are you, I'm, I'm feeling kind of like what you're saying, Aaron, like, because we, we are the righteousness of Christ. Right. We are. we are. And I don't feel like we should feel like we are unworthy. I feel like we should acknowledge 
that we are nothing without God, but since we have God and we've died with Christ and we are brand new creatures, we are the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God, but salvation isn't a light switch. Salvation is a process. It's a journey. Yeah. Even, even the apostle Paul ran the race. He finished the course. He right. ran it all the way until he died. That's right. So, so, so the salvation is a process. It's a journey. Right. It's not, it's not that one second we don't have it and the next second we do. It's a journey and a process. We engage into the salvation. And then when we choose to take up our cross and follow Christ, we take up our cross and follow Christ. But even Jesus said, whoever turns back is not worthy to be my disciple. I think it's like this, brother, like whenever I would call you and I would be or we were texting with mom and dad and I'm like, well, I did this and I feel so bad and I am this is the, this is who I am. And you're like, that's not who you are. So when I look at myself, even though I'm in the process of being sanctified every single day, I need to see myself as clothed in the righteousness of the Lord. That's absolutely right, Mel. Now there, there's a nugget right there. You're getting it, gal. That is it. So the Apostle Paul, what he said was, he said, he said, even though I do what I don't want to do. Right. Okay. I do the things that I don't want to do. And the sin that's there is not the sin that I want to commit it because I want to be good, but I do the bad things. Right. But he, right. but he said, nevertheless, it's not the sin that is me. It's the sin that's in the flesh. It's in the body. It's the body that wants to do those things, and the body isn't me. Right. Paul said, okay. Paul said that we are being saved. Yes. Right. It's a process. Yes. Right. It's a all, process all right through I, to the end. I, right through to the end. Yeah. But yes, you're you're the the separation, the distinction that you're making about about that those that that desire to do wrong, that is a fleshly desire, and that flesh not you. And once you can engage in the in the idea that we are spiritual beings, and that flesh, that flesh is what you what what you're going to spend your lifetime learning to control that flesh to put that flesh in subject in in subjection to the Lord Jesus Christ that that is your mission your, your mission personally at the at the core of you is to control that flesh yeah. put that flesh into submission train it like a like a wild horse you're going to put that flesh into submission and external to that your your mission is what Christ called us to do share the gospel in the first part of the uh, sixth chapter of Romans, Paul talks about, no, you can't do that as a child of God. Then he talks in chapter seven of things that he does. It's hard for me to even believe because he's such a right man. Uh, that he was doing things that he didn't want to do. And then in chapter eight, he says, we have the victory. Yes. We have the victory. Well, it's like, this reminds me of what we're talking about right now. I don't know if any of y'all are have heard about God doing a work in Kanye West, right? 
and he has given his life to God. The problem is he doesn't have anyone around him that's knowledgeable and truly teaching him. He has a bunch of back padding yes men all around him, you know. So Christians, people who are professing Christ are cursing him and doing awful things instead of praying for him. That's and, so, um, I, I feel like that's because of pride. Because as Christians, we're too afraid to say we made a mistake. So they're too afraid to be like, oh, well, that's, that's a radical change. And then later on, if it turns out not to be, we're too afraid to be the people that are like, oh, well, he was talking about God. I got excited, but I was wrong. Dude, I think that that is right. I think that that's, that's a lot of it. But I'm praying for this man and for his family because if our feet, no matter where we are in our walk, if our feet are, are on the path and we are headed toward Jesus, he, he is the, the author and finisher of our salvation. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. These people are, well, there's, they're um, fools. And then on um, understanding that um, Kanye West doesn't really have much back support except for Yes Men, but he spends every night reading the Bible while his wife watches TV. Right. Did you see that? That is awesome, right, though? He's, he's learning. So the Lord is teaching him regardless of yes. the people that he's surrounded with. That's right. So I just think that the sanctification is it's just the process of it. Jacob is a Kanye West guy. He's been listening to all the Christian music from Kanye West. And uh, and I and I and I yeah, Christians are the first ones to judge everybody for what they've done before in their past. Right? Let's we can use me as a perfect example. My my mom and my children, they're quick to forgive me. But, but, but we have members of our family that can't stand to talk about God around me because they, they don't want to be grouped. They, they can't, they're kind of taking the position that, well, if God is, if God's taking sky, then I don't want any part of it. You know, are you, are you serious? So, so the, the and, and I'm not saying this to, to put them down. I'm saying that this is a common misconception and a problem amongst Christians that, that we, Jesus said right from the beginning, I didn't come to save those that were perfect. I came here to save the sinners. So, so of course, in the, in the worst of the sinners, that's where you're going to see the ones that Jesus reached in and saved. That's that's the ones that you're going to see. Jesus, Jesus made the most profound impact on. That's that's the ones that you're going to see that that also feel the greatest amount of debt, indebtedness, and loyalty to their Lord. All right. Also, they have the best testimonies. The most broken people have the best the best testimonies. Well. And yeah, the same as the the flip side of that coin is true too. Jesus gets the best testimonies. They're not ours anymore when we give ourselves to him. They're his. The testimonies are. 
and 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 right. I and I know that that well the saints will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So when Jesus loads the cannons, he loads for bear. Yep. Yes, he does. So, Dad, you want to pray us out? Yes, I do. Let's let's put it up. We thank you so much, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father, for the many years you've given me. Thank you, Lord, for our future. Because our is in you. And everything we do, Father, should be representative of your love and your grace that others might receive that power, that love, that grace. And Father, as we sit here think, thinking about Conway, Con, Conway, right? That's Conway. close enough, yeah. God knows. That, Lord, he'll be a light to those around him. Amen. And so now what we pray for, our Lord, for this man, is that you give strength to hold up and not to give up. And Father, we ask you, Lord, that he'll be the best witness there in California, Lord, right where you are. And he'd bring a great testimony. And we just ask, God, that you strengthen him. We, we pray tonight, Lord, for the president of our United States. God, that the power that you have given him to take all the hits and all the talks against him and to stand and stand firm. So, Father, we just pray for that strength. We pray for protection. Protect he and his family. That no armed against them will prevail. Yes, Father. You would touch all of our senators and all of our congressmen, our judges, our school teachers, all those, Lord, who sit in authority. God, move in the hearts of those to know you and to be guided by the Holy Spirit instead of Satan's rule. That's right. So we come and we tear down every wall, every fortress that Satan has built in high places, in powers, all the rulers of darkness that he has sent forth. And God, you break down that wall. Tear it down, Father. And in the name of Jesus, I demolish all these strongholds. Ask you, Father, to guide and direct and change this nation, Lord, to where people can be one to Christ. And, Father, all the false teachers that are out there in the churches, some of them mega churches, Father, that, God, they're teaching false doctrine. We pray, Lord, for you to give freedom to all of these, Lord, that they might truly preach the word of God in its fullness. And we just give you praise. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord, that we have of coming together. And I ask, Lord, that you will bless all of our children, all of our family. 
if you would lead us, Lord, to be the witnesses that we need to be, regardless of those around us, that we stand firm to the end. We pray it in the name of Jesus, Lord. Amen. 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 Have a blessed night. <laughs> you guys as well. Um, hopefully, Tannis Good will be joining us soon. Good conversation tonight. That was solid. Folks are going to yes. enjoy that. Good yes. night, family. Love you. All right. I love, love you so too. much. God bless y'all. Bye. -bye.